right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. You can always hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. All right, you ready? You want to go through some of these real quick before we hit the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day? Fire away. Um, oh, hold on. Hang on. Hold on to everything, everybody. Wait for it. There's a okay. text message that has come in. It's important. It's, it's, it's a theory that I'll get to a little bit later on. Oh, it's show-related. Yeah. It's show-related. Okay. But it's just it's kind of some good perspective from someone who would know. I hate people that, well, I'm going to tell you talking to me, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. I'm talking to someone very – you talk to me. I'm not telling you about it. That's a successful formula. Um, counter to the counter. How long has USC and TCU been in their system? They are not ranked in the 100s of college football. I think we are going to be, I don't know, singing and dancing to that song okay, and listen, dance for a while. I would just say this. Caleb Williams is pretty damn good at football, and he makes a big difference. I don't I, know if you guys have noticed that or I not. thought you said it great yesterday. I mean, you – look, it's well documented – I err a little bit more toward the pessimistic. You clearly are much more on the optimistic side, but we agree on this. You said it beautifully yesterday. USC, if if you want to compare Oklahoma to USC, that's fine. That's great. USC is Oklahoma <laughs> under Lincoln Riley. Right. I mean, nothing has changed for them. They've got an elite quarterback, and they stink everywhere else. <laughs> that what you're trying to sit here and say, see – that's what you were bitching and moaning about the last couple of years. No doubt. So. And it's a big part of the reason Oklahoma's at where it's at, right? And one of the things that's keeping USC afloat is magically Alex Grinch is having one of those Washington State defensive turnover years where they're just getting them in, in bunches, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what? As history has shown us, that ain't going to last forever. Right. Um, there's a... Kendall's very passionate about this. Enough of not having experience. Development happens in the offseason, and obviously it didn't happen or click with the players playing on Saturday. I, I would disagree a little bit. I think preparation, learning is in the offseason. I feel like a lot of development happens in the regular season. Breaking news. Did you see this from the NFL? No, I mean, I don't think so. Josh Allen is currently being evaluated for a UCLA UCL injury in his right elbow. Oh no. And is questionable for the Minnesota game if not doubtful this weekend. Now, whoa. What what's the prognosis on? I mean, obviously he's not going to play this week. But then beyond that, That's what is the they unknown? Think? He's not missed a game since his rookie season oh, in 2018. Man. That is brutal. So some kind of surgery maybe. Not good. Or he just, you know, toughs it out the rest of the way. Um, Here's one from the 918. All right, sorry about that. That's a pretty big deal in the National Football League right now. I've got the NFL big story number three coming up. The, the uh, top five stories today. What you just mentioned right there. Right. A lot of development, yes, is going to happen throughout the spring. And, you know, physically, the the reshaping of your body, right? That right. physical development uh the training, it's going to happen in the offseason. We know that, right? But I'm with you. The development never stops. Oklahoma can develop throughout these final three games. I'm hoping they will. 
But you're, I mean, it's like six and six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You're supposed to get better through seat time and understanding it. But the one thing that is interesting is the DNA changing constantly in your officials. Um, here's one for the 918. We have the record this year that we deserve to have last year. We really masked our underachievement last year. And I would say the Big 12 wasn't as good last year as they are this year. I think Baylor's really good. Um, Oklahoma State's kind of fading a little bit. But Kansas, Oklahoma almost lost to Kansas last year. And Kansas is, in my opinion, infinitely better this year than they were last year. There's no doubt. Kansas State's better than they were last year. TCU is better than they were last year. Texas is better. Yeah. Texas is better. Texas is going to smoke TCU on Saturday. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's not what Sonny Dyke said on SportsCenter. Oh, what did he say? He said it's going to be an exciting game. Quentin Johnson might not play. Well, that is problematic. <laughs> I mean, I saw everyone just losing their minds in the ref rail rumble, and I'm like, you realize Quentin Johnson might not play I just didn't want to – I didn't want the train to leave the station and not to be on um, it. Because they do have a good chance of winning Oh, absolutely. Game. Absolutely. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Here's a re- here's an up. That Josh Allen report is a bit slower, supposedly just a sprain. Okay. Well, well that's, that's good news for them. That's good news. For, that, that I mean, listen – Josh, you don't want the Bills to have any excuses whenever you guys smoke them in the playoffs. So no, I, well, I, I don't think anybody wants to see one of the best teams in okay. any sport I not agree. not have their stars. This is so good. This is so good on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. When you guys aren't smarmy a holes, you you make really good points. When you try to be a uh, I don't want that's probably nice. you know this. Some of our listeners would probably say, hey. Here's what Pot I Hot meat kettle. Right, exactly. It's I like mean, probably how they feel about us. Well, absolutely, right? But, I mean. But, I yes, w- to your point, absolutely. I probably wouldn't be as. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the 260. People have a tough time separating the following. Talent and development. I've been around plenty of talented people in my life. However, if you don't work at it harder than someone less talented, you're going to get beat. And from what we know about this team, the lack of personnel and coaching development over the years has been bad. Therefore, the stars don't really matter. Let me let me see your effort. The, the term is effort with technique. All right, I'm going to just go ahead and, and blow big story number one out of the water here, right? Because we're going to talk about OU in West Virginia, and you're going to hear from Neil Brown. But Brent Venables talked about that in his press conference yesterday. And I mark this as something I wanted to play on the show today because, like, you just got to play harder. You got to play harder. Listen, I played hard. I was a terrible athlete. (laughs) Right. Right? It doesn't matter how hard you play if you're not A, good, and B, doing what? Playing with technique. It's effort with technique. You know, that's the formula for success. That's part of it is effort with technique. So if it's the it's the kickoff where they bring it out to the, you know, the forty yard line, you know we're supposed to set the edge on that. We've done a good job of setting the edge, but one time you decide I'm not going to set the edge and go outside the block, and you come inside the block when you're supposed to go outside the block, all your help's inside, and you go inside, and then they run it up the sideline. Next thing you know, they got momentum. They've they flipped the field uh, instead of pinning them inside the you know the eighteen yard line, which we should have. 
which is a give or take a almost a 30% difference in the opportunity to score. We let them out to the 40. Those are the that's effort with technique. Smoking down the field, I come inside. I'm supposed to stay outside. Everybody's counting on him to do his job, and we didn't do that. That led to a touchdown. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, you know. So we had, you know, a few of those. You got to be effort with technique. We're in the B gap. Well, you got to, hey, man, there's technique to it. You can't go down the middle of the guy. You got to strike him. You got to get your hands on him first. You got to get pinned into the ground, and you got to keep your inside arm and leg free. And if you don't, you, you, they're going to run in the B gap, and that's what they did on fourth and one. You know, it's effort with technique. How important are they? There, effort with technique. So why aren't guys doing what they're supposed to be doing? Herein lies why we're fighting with everyone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line over the last hour on this show. That's, that's the great unknown question. I, I go back to what John Hoover asked. It's like, why, why are, are your guys not more physical? And what was Coach's reaction? It's like, I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure out. Thanks with you for guys asking. trying to figure it out, too. All right. Um, keep coming, guys. We're going to spend – you guys are hilarious. We're going to spend a lot more time coming up at the bottom of this hour on just hash. We're, we're going to hash through this. We're going to have a family meeting. Is there anything that raises more hairs on the back of your neck for concern than whenever mom, dad, or your wife says, hey, we're going to have a family meeting tonight? It's like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> what are you talking about, a family we, meeting? We, I've we, got other plans. We are not having a family meeting. But let's just, let's just hash through this. Let's see what we figure out. But we do owe you a sponsored element, which is called the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day. Let's go! It's time for the Top 5 Stories of the Day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man! Oh, yes. Newcastle Casino, conveniently located for you. I don't know why I just hit another octave. Conveniently located for you. Off I-44 and exit 107, uh, Front Row Sports Bar, located at Newcastle Casino. Monthly drink specials. Check them out, newcastlecasino.com. All right, big story number five. Number five. Real quick, we had three Maction games last night, and you've got two big games tonight. Uh, no underdog pulled it off for me, though I think they all covered. Um, Eastern Michigan, Ohio, and uh, Toledo. All won last night. But tonight, the mighty University of Tulsa Golden Hurricane hit the road for a showdown. Wait, hold on, hold on. Not tonight. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, the mighty University of Tulsa Golden Hurricane hit the road for a showdown with Memphis. Also on Thursday night, you get Georgia Southern at Louisiana. And don't sleep on the Friday night matchups, Josh Helmer. East Carolina, really good American Athletic Conference matchup against Cincinnati since he's a five-point favorite there. Um, Colorado USC shouldn't even be close. The Trojans are a 34-point favorite. And at 9.30 on Friday night, you get Fresno at UNLV. So a little <sighs> exhale tonight without any action. Get ready tomorrow. Tulsa on the road against Memphis. Um, I have not seen any updates on the injury situation. Probably need to check in with Pop on that front. Uh, at the quarterback position for TU, I know Davis Brin had been a little dinged up, but – We'll see how they can pull it off tomorrow night. Good to see my man Owen Ostrowski playing well, too. All right, big story, quickly, number four. Number four. Josh mentioned it last night in a story that if you were to wake up out of a coma from, like, 1995. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, wait wait a second. What? No way. 
The Georgetown Hoyas broke a 21-game losing skid in overtime by beating Coppin State. <laughs> That's, I mean, think about what you just said. A 21-game losing streak that they snapped in overtime versus Coppin State. It's, like, so good. You almost can't make it up. Yeah, no, you can't. Meanwhile, the Thunder are in action tonight as we stay with basketball at 7 o'clock against the Milwaukee Bucks. I saw TJ and Toby going through the remaining schedule over the next 10 games for the Thunder after they lost to the Pistons, 112-103. The NBA decided to make Election Day a day off so everyone could vote, which I think is really cool. But they're back at it with a full slate of games tonight, including the Thunder and Milwaukee. Big story number three. Number three. All right, so a lot of stuff on this Josh Allen report, uh, including some updates from Adam Schefter. Thank you, Sooner Zach and others. I didn't realize we had such a um, – well, I, you know, I, I don't know why I should act surprised that people would be all over a story like this. Uh, the Bills are good, so welcome to the bandwagon for a lot of fans. And number two, fantasy football. So in my- Indeed, you're talking about people's hard-earned cash. Bills head coach Josh McDermott called Josh Allen's injury day-to-day. This was from nine minutes ago. And said they will see if he is able to play Sunday versus the Vikings – due to his ulnar collateral ligament injury. If Josh Allen cannot play versus Minnesota on Sunday, do you know Josh Helmer off the top of your head? I do not. I always thought it was Matt Barkley. I guess it's not anymore. It's Case Keenum. That's not all bad for for a backup, not to mention a little little bone to pick perhaps. Ooh, I like it. With the Vikings who let him go? Yeah. Maybe. Moved on to Kirk Cousins from him. I wish that it wasn't uh, Mr. Keenum. That makes me feel a little bit worse about their chances to lose. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, breaking news on Josh Allen. Meanwhile, all right, let's get to what most people care about, which is your Dallas Cowboys. And there's all kinds of buzz about one OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., landing with the Cowboys. In fact, Jerry Jones, which isn't – well, I guess it's not tampering because he's not with the team right now. Yeah, not on, under Good contract point. anyway. I, I, I caught myself real quick before I sounded too dumb. Gosh, glad that doesn't happen on this show like every single day. But here's Jerry Jones on Odell Beckham. Odell is someone that uh, uh, we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. Uh, and uh, uh, I know that uh, – uh, uh, the cowboy star on that uh, helmet, when he puts it on, uh, uh, could look pretty good. Meanwhile, Mike McCarthy talked about the Cowboys' interest in OBJ. I've always been a huge fan of his. Um, I know, I mean, from Ben McAdoo and you know, I mean, Joe Witt, all the guys you know between that I've worked with in, in, the, in New York, at New York Giants and, and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, everybody has nothing but great things to say about him. Obviously, I've always been so impressed with his you know his football playing ability, but I've just heard so many. Excellent, excellent things about him over the years. Is there any way he could wind up with the Eagles instead? Wouldn't that be hilarious? After like they these just... guys did this massive, oh, he could look great with a Cowboy star on there. Why are they talking about – I mean, I know they're getting asked, but why are they talking about somebody that's not on the roster? It's typical Dallas Cowboys, man. Typical Dallas media. And it's not a knock. It's not. I mean, I love it. But that's what – I mean, you're looking at a team in the Cowboys – might be the second best team in the NFC. Yeah, NFC's wide open. It is. But let's not talk about Pollard or Dak playing well. Let's uh 
What else is out there, right? Yeah, now? Uh, can we let's bring? see who else is on the scrap heap here that you guys could pick up. By the way, speaking of the NFL yesterday, the Raiders cut first round pick Jonathan Abram, whom they traded. They traded that pick for to send Amari Cooper to Dallas for that pick, so that went well. He's the reason they're two and six right now, or whatever. Big they are. piece of that puzzle, yeah. And breaking news, I, I won't lie, I've I'm a little bit shocked. I thought the Nets had named M.A. Doka as their head coach, but Woj is reporting that Jacques Vaughn has been named the Nets head coach. Jacques Vaughn? Yeah. Really? Two and two is the interim coach since Nash was fired, but I guess there was I guess there was too much fallout from Udoka and kind of the things in Boston. I guess those things in Boston were a little bit more deep than just, oh, he had an affair with the travel secretary, right? When everyone wanted to jump on their high horse, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, and talk about how unfair it is that he's been treated, I guess it might be a little bit deeper than what we came to know. All right, big story number two. Number two. That was a lot. We hit a little NBA, a little NFL in there. Number two, last night the playoff rankings were released. Um, how close is Ohio State to number one? Here's what Boo, Boo Carrington, the – why don't I just call him the director of security? The, the he chair, basically is. The chair of the playoff committee said yeah, about I, Ohio State. Yeah, I, I think um, there, there was consideration uh, given to everyone, but I think as we got more into it, uh, Nathan, we, uh, the, the win – and the decisive win by Georgia uh, over Tennessee um, was the primary reason. Again, you're looking at um, Ohio State and the balance offensive scoring, defense offensive. I mean, uh, scoring defense, scoring offense, both being in the top ten, averaging 47 points a game. Really good team, but we felt that Georgia separated. So, yeah, Boo, look, man. It ain't tough, dude. No. Ohio State's played nobody anywhere close to as good as Georgia beating Tennessee. Just say no. that. You're done. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate the questions. Ohio State, yes, they're really good, but they've not beaten Tennessee. They're not number one. Thank you. Next question. All right, let's see. This is 20 seconds. Let's see how much he, he gets around here on Tennessee's less than massive drop. If, you know, looking at the Alabama win, uh, looking at the LSU win, looking – um, at the Kentucky win, um, you, you know, we do value wins. Uh, TCU with their record and, and, you know, six wins over 500 teams, teams above 500. Um, what they've done, what Max Duggan has done um, at TCU, uh, again, I don't think it was as much what Tennessee didn't do as it was what, what TCU did do and, and Georgia played really, really well, as everyone saw, and, and what they did with their defense versus the Tennessee offense was incredibly impressive. And Boot Corrigan sounds like he hasn't slept in I, like a month. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> we got to get him coffee or like a water. I, I'm worried about him. Uh, all right, big story. Oh, uh, so here were the rankings. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3. TCU moves up three spots to number four. <laughs> TCU dropped to five. Oregon was six. Uh, as far as other Big 12 teams in the rankings, well, you had TCU at four. And then you got to go down a little bit to Texas at 18. They jumped up six spots. 
the six-spot move by Texas was the largest jump of any team in the playoff rankings, matched only by North Carolina State, I guess, equaled the biggest move by any team. North Carolina State moved up six spots. And Kansas State is there at 19, falling out of the ratings, Oklahoma State. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, got a little bit more of Brent Venables, including the importance of the last three. We got a good fight going on in the Air Comfort Solutions text line right now, and I mean that with peace and love. Uh, And Alabama, kind of the what's left for them the rest of the season. It's all coming up next right here on the home of Sooner fans. These three games are no more important than the other games. And, uh, but the past is the past. And so again, you know, the best units, the best players at, in any sport, uh, the best, uh, you know, CEOs, you know, if there's something they're consistent. And so developing a, a foundation of consistency is what it's all about. You know, we don't want to have a great year this year and then, you know, in two years, you know, win two games. You know, you, the best programs are one that have sustainability and longevity and, you know, consistency is what that's all about. And that's the hardest thing. Just like I said, having uh, long-term success, sometimes people start thinking that it's about them or they lose sight of all the little things that it took foundationally to create that success, you know, the things that success takes. So, um, uh, you know, these last three games are very important, you know, Um and just all the things I just said, finishing what we started, again, uh, our trademark for each and every player and coach needs to be about everyone being their best and the best that they're capable of being. You know, no more, no best. Not to be the best, to be their best. And so the investment needs to be their best. The focus needs to be their best. Uh, the output needs to be their best. And so it's important to build momentum, to finish the season strong, give us a chance to uh, go to a bowl game. And, uh, and again, build momentum into the offseason as well. There's, that's a, that can be a real thing. It doesn't have to be, but it can be a very real thing as you're, again, uh, foundationally uh, trying to, uh, you know, do things the right way. You know, we lost in, in 2000 uh, or in uh, 1999, we lost our last game, right, to Ole Miss. You guys remember that, right? Field goal to win the game. Uh, opening uh, the last kickoff, Deuce McAllister takes it to whatever the 50 to get a couple first downs, kick the, get the the field goal to win. You know that could you know you say well we didn't we didn't finish the right way then right, but we go and we go 13 and 0, a hard 13 and 0. It wasn't easy, there's nothing easy about it, right? And throwing a, a fade route uh, to big old six five tied in Oklahoma State that won three games that year, and we we escaped you know by a score, you know. Even though we went 13 and 0, won the national championship, you know there's uh, nothing's easy about the game. So these the last three games are really important. Um, again, there's there's some guys will be playing their last uh, their last season here, and and again you you want them to have a, a sense of pride about being a part of of, of establishing something that's bigger than uh, themselves. And uh, whether that's a new era or again you know long term success, I believe that's what we're doing. Uh, playing the long ball and uh, doing things the right way and recruiting the right kind of people and 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 you know for us right now we don't have a locker room full of guys that um, uh, that have uh, been here a long time. Some of the most experienced players we have are guys that just transferred in here in the last uh, year or so. So, but they haven't spent four or five years. You know what you want to establish is uh, a locker room full of guys that have, that have been here and have played a long time. So. The best teams that um, we've all been a part of are ones that you, where you have uh, both sides of the ball, where you got 
uh, you know, uh, lots of guys that started three and four, maybe even a fifth year, you know, or, uh, or at least that fifth year guy, he's been here through the same staff, through the same system, uh, and, you know, and there are great players in front of him. He finally gets his shot. You know, right now we don't, we don't have that to build on. Uh, but, um, you know, looking, you know, again, how to finish the year and how to build the, uh, you know, the, the going into the off season, you know, the right way, I think it's important that we, uh, you know, we, we continue to, to make an in incremental improvement and, and, and again, focus on, again, the things that we can control. And if that's pre-snap penalties, if that's, again, uh, you know, protecting the football, um, uh, you know, those are things right there that, you know, obviously, especially the turnover margin that uh, determine the, you know, winning and losing. I think 26 of maybe the top 29 teams in the country on the right side of it from a turnover margin standpoint, you know, all have winning records. Uh, the teams that are in the, uh, you know, the bottom half of uh, college football, you know, a lot of the losing teams, it's because they're on the, on the, on the wrong side of the turnover margin. If you look at the Big 12, I think it would be indicative of that. I think uh, Kansas State, maybe it's like plus, maybe they're plus nine. Uh, I think then Kansas is maybe plus eight, and then TCU's like plus seven. Uh, we're at plus one, and the teams are at the bottom or on the wrong side of the turnover margin. So, uh, you know, we're going to need to do the things that, you know, the, the plan uh, to win doesn't change these last three weeks. It uh, That takes what it takes, too. And and so, again, the ability to run the ball, the ability to stop the run, the ability to win the turnover margin, and, again, be the least penalized team is, uh, you know, is what it's about. There you go. There you go. Brent Venables on the importance of the last three, which started with, hey, it's not more important than the earlier games, but those are in the past, so here's what's in front of us. Love it. I absolutely love it. Um, there seems to be like this back and forth that I just, I don't know, I don't know the best way to put it, but it's not necessarily pointless. It's just... Uh, this from the 972. Come on, man. Development. It ain't that deep. I agree. But we have like a 10-minute segment, so I can be. Welcome back to the show. Development. We'll be right back after All this. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, well, I mean, it is, it is a little bit deeper than. Much deeper than that. Than just, hey, it's development. Some of it is, why has there not already been development at Oklahoma? You know. Again, what Brent Venables is talking about there is right that Oklahoma is going to be in a better place when theoretically the Kobe McKenzie's and the Kip Lewis's, you know, have been here for three years, right? Now it's their chance to to play Aguebu and Deshaun White, and these guys have moved on, right? Same thing for Robert Spears. Jennings up and down the roster, right? I'm thinking mostly defensively here, but this applies for the. The Jaden Gibsons, the Nick Andersons too, right? Yeah, that's that's all well and good, and no doubt about that. That's true. Why are why are Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs and and it's still earth early for Ethan Downs, right? Sure. I mean, maybe it's only a true sophomore, right? It's probably still a little bit too far ahead of schedule for somebody like him. Why though is a Reggie Grimes not ready? Why have things not, you know, just beyond injuries for Jalen Redmond and others? Why has it not materialized there? And we could do this routine with uh, a lot of other 
personnel members on this roster. Why are they not further along? And that's really not necessarily a direct indictment on Brent Vittables and the staff, right? It's an indictment on the staff before them. But that's a, a question that I – why was it not better for Oklahoma? And why is why is this staff not able to draw a little bit more out of that personnel? Um, a couple of quick texts on it. Then we'll hear from Neil Brown what he said about Oklahoma next. Uh, let's see. This is pretty good. Sooner Gary – Right, it's like teaching my kid algebra. I can explain it to her, but I can't understand it for her. I have no doubts the coaching staff is putting the players in position to be successful, but the players have to understand what they're being taught and trust in it as well. Someone had mentioned the cut from Danny Stutzman on the podcast on the Prairie, and Teddy and Tyler found it on the Rush yesterday, and it created quite a... Uh, Stir. That's a good term to use. I don't think Teddy was too happy about it, just based on what I was told. Hmm. And then you also wonder, Danny Stutzman's a character, right? So when he says something like, well, I don't know if that's a big difference, a step here or a step there, he might be saying that and doing something else, right? And I'll tell you what, boy, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Kerry Murdoch has said this an infinite amount of times, and I could not agree with him more. We hold middle linebackers to like this incredibly unfair level where, I mean, people are canines playing in the NFL and people still can't. Oh, Kenneth Murray is terrible as a middle linebacker, right? Because he was, he was just okay to start. Right, right. If you're not, and it's a credit to Teddy and to Boz and to Rocky, it's a credit to Torrance and Lance, Curtis, Lofton. But if you're not capping guys and knocking them back from day one, you're terrible. No one remembers Rocky's freshman year. No one remembers Teddy's freshman year. Yeah, because those guys weren't asked to play right. leading roles those seasons. Yeah, and Torrance, what was was Torrance and Lance Chuko guys, if I remember correctly? I mean, it's hard. So I'm not ready to be like, oh, the couple the stats was just terrible. Well, he's young, he's learning, and Brent Venable seems to believe in him, so it's going to be a process. Um, and I thought this was this was pretty good, too, from the 513. I went to a four-year trade school. After a year, I knew some stuff. It was not nearly as much as the guys that had been there for, for a few years. Just like our team, first year under his scheme, why don't people understand the process? I, I think we can answer this, right, because of what other teams are doing in first year with first-year head coaches. Because it's Oklahoma. And it's Oklahoma. And you don't you don't really get the the benefit of the, well, just give him a couple of years, right? And we're living in the now, right? I'll, I'll go to the Arnie Spanier phrase. <laughs> Shows right? today. Shows today. I uh and same with Oklahoma football, right? The shows this week versus West Virginia. So there, improve this week. It is there is something that has been so well said by two guys it has just resonated with me all season long and you know even through some of the bad times I think about well, a lot of the bad I think about them like it's a really good point and one of them said by Thad Thad Turnipseed who I just think is a rock star and one of them was said by Brent and Thad talked about you know we've been pretty good around here right been pretty good 
but we haven't re- – maybe this is that understanding that we've been pretty good and we've been bailed out by some NFL quarterbacks, right? Not to say we don't want NFL quarterbacks here, but been pretty good. It's masked right, other problems. But Brent always says, you know, you're coming into a situation where this isn't just a program that's been good. They've been great. Ten-win seasons constantly. And you're telling a lot of – you're having hard conversations with administrators, players, people about, hey, we've got to do this different based on where we're going. And if you just want to stay competitive to battle for your conference title – Keep doing what you're doing. If you want every year to go to the national championship game, the 14 playoff with a chance to win and not just be a cute story, then this is what needs to be done. That's always resonated with me. Now, I kind of paraphrase a little bit of what Brent said and paraphrase a little bit of what Thad said, but the core was Brent talking about, hey, you know, we're coming off 10 win, 10 win conversations, and you're just you're, you're telling people, hey, we got to do this and we've got to have this. And the response is, oh, okay. And then you start losing a few games, and that, 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 that trust, that concern is shook even more. It's like, we're fine doing it like this, right? But they haven't strayed from that. You haven't seen a stray from that path. All right, quick break. When, <laughs> when we come back on the ref, I want you guys to hear from Neil Brown in the least talked about things so far in three shows this week. A showdown against West Virginia on Saturday morning. It's the Plank Show. I follow Ari Mirov at my sports update on Twitter. Big NFL guy. And there's a major announcement tomorrow involving the Washington Commanders. So the sale has gone through? Well, this seems to be legal. And maybe that I'm I dummy. I guess that could be the sale, right? District of Columbia Attorney General. D.C. Attorney General. I paid attention in class. Um, Carl A. Racine will hold a press conference to make a major announcement related to the Washington Commanders. So there you go. It's got to be that. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be. What else could it be? Are they going to pursue charges against him? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Huh. Don't know. Yeah, uh, let me hold. On, let me jump in the mentions here. I'm sure uh, people with no picture on their Twitter handle and a bunch of first oh, first name, bunch of numbers. Seeing this announcement coupled with Dan potentially deciding to just up and sell the franchise leads me to believe that he has officially been told that he is the target of an investigation. I mean, hasn't he been the target of an investigation? Someone seems to think that they're trading two seventh rounders for Patrick Mahomes. That'd be something. Be a good deal for Washington. Um, they've released RFK Stadium for Snyder to build on. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so we'll follow that. Um, meanwhile, we'll follow our countdown. Oh, one other quick note. Betting line moving all over the place on the Buffalo-Minnesota game. Now as low as three and a half in some places with the news that Josh Allen might be out. Get it while you can. All right, Neil Brown. I think we all agree that Neil Brown has uh, – Lots of proof over his last three games. His buyout is massive. He was Shane Lyons' big hire. I tend to think, I was talking to Tyler about this, that he's gone after this year, but I also know that when an athletic director, when it's his guy and they make that hire, and especially someone not as you know, in-depth in or as entrenched, I guess would be the term, 
at West Virginia like Shane Lyons is, you know, he's relatively new, what, eight, nine years on the job uh, in athletic director years. You, you don't want to whiff on your first big hire. So we'll see how they feel about Neil Brown after Saturday, but he's been impressed with the Sooners so far this season. I think offensively you start with them, it's Dylan Gabriel. Um, he's – He's a dual-thread guy. He can run. He's got a quick release, uh, really strong arm. Um, the running back, Gray, who transferred a year ago from Tennessee, um, he's doing it in both the running and the passing game. They're running the ball well. They they always – they always um, you know, Bill Beanbow, who was here, some of you guys know him. I think he does a, a great job. Um, and they're running the ball well. I think the tight end, Willis, is having an all-conference type of season. And then always, always talented wide out. And Mims is leading no charge. And and they're going to play really fast. And so, obviously, we had our struggles with that against Texas Tech. So, we got to be better there. Um, defensively, they're multiple. Um, they have the, the, the traits that you see in a, in a, in a Venables defense. They're going to be aggressive. Uh, they're going to be multiple. Uh, they're going to be uh, new each week. And uh, – they get they've got a lot of team speed. They run really well at all three levels. Um, they get a, they run in a bunch of defensive linemen. They're long. They have great length, um, and they're creating negative plays. That's the, probably the scariest piece about their defense. Is they're just creating a lot of negative plays, tackles for losses, um, and then special teams wise, their punter and kicker are probably as good um, as anybody in our league, maybe the best. You know, um, and so and they've got elite returners with Mims and 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 those guys back there. Uh, Jaleel Farouk is doing a nice job on kickoff returns too. So huge challenge for us. Um, attitude of the team is, is positive. We went back, had practice on Sunday, um, and, and it's about hey, we got three games left in the season. Really not looking for anything after that. We're just saying hey, let's 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 do the best we can this week. And we need to perform better on Saturday. And to do that, you got to practice and prepare. Um, but the mentality of the team was good. Uh, they were good. Not pleased with the results, but but had a good work day. Uh, had a good lifting this morning, and, and we'll be back to work this afternoon. There so. you go. Neil Brown, high praise for the Sooners. But I noticed one thing there at the end that he said that kind of caught my eye. Not really looking ahead to anything beyond that. You know, Brent Venables talks about the future and the culture and building and Things of that nature. Neil Browns were like, yeah, you know, we're not, not, not looking past that. No, we need to win, and we need one now. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show with the final look, the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on the Home Sooner Fan. All right, a couple of quick Air Comfort Solutions text to wrap it up. True Sooner. Neil Brown makes OU sound like they're 9-0. Kind of Lou Holtzy, right? Every coach makes every other team sound like they're nine and zero, et cetera, and O. Russ in Atlanta writes the WVU coach say if OU defense would line up right. <sighs> Always got to be a comedian in the group. Always got to be a comedian. From the nine one eight TCU and USC did not have a coach leave in the middle of the night out of nowhere and leave nothing for those schools. They also did not have a bunch of their roster leave for the NFL and the transfer portal. What's the breaking point next season? Give BZ, BV some time, and we'll win the Natty in the next five years. Um, because I think next year is the year where people start freaking out if things are similar to right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. It, it won't wait until year three. Yeah. If, if if by the Texas game, Oklahoma's handled in that contest again, right? Right. In the you know, I was looking at the schedule for next seasons. I mean, look, you got what SMU and Tulsa in the right. non-con. Yeah. So it's. You know, SMU's solid, I guess, and Tulsa will see. But 
theoretically, I mean, you ought to win all three. Technically, I mean, I I love Phillip, but Tulsa might be breaking in a new head coach at that point. And your eyes tough. But I would say there'll be cautious optimism through the non-conference. I don't think people will lose their mind like they did this year. Sure. And then we'll really see, okay, I don't know. Did the Big 12 already release the schedule for next year? I don't know off the top of my head who they would open with. If they have, I'm sure you guys would yell at me. No, I don't think they have yeah. because you're welcoming a bunch of new teams. Right. Here. Yeah, exactly. And we don't know where OU will be on those schedules. Like, are they going to send them out to Utah to play BYU? Are they going to send them to Orlando? Who would they cut off in the previous Big 12 teams? If anyone, might those that are still around say, oh, hold on. Because uh, next year the Sooners would be slated to go to Kansas, Baylor, Kansas State. Um who am I leaving out that they would also go to next year? Scroll down a little bit on that, Josh, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma State. Um, so, I don't – I mean, I don't think any of those schools would be like, yeah, we'll we'll pass on a home game to send OU down to UCF or down to Houston. I don't think that's happening. But – So, the – everybody we'll left in the middle of the night thing and the roster got gutted. That's done this offseason, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, you don't get that anymore. You got your one year. And really, when roster got, quote-unquote, gutted, I mean, to me, it's about one dude, and that's Caleb Williams. And maybe maybe some of those defensive guys, right? I just would love to have seen Brian Osamo in this defense. I wonder if you could pick one guy that stayed defensively. Would it be Benito or Osamoa? Might it have been Perrion? See, I, I, I don't think I would have chosen Perrion. Probably Benito. The Perion in this system would be pretty awesome to watch. How about all of them? Can they all come back? All right, hey guys, have a great rest of your day. Deep breath. We're gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this together. Hey, we talked to Jocelyn Olive. That made the day well. So for Josh on Plank, Steelman and Thune at noon are coming up next right here on the ref. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.